broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Before today's show, I thought I'd give you a little bit of a background on the show and the idea behind it. Mark Clinch and myself decided that we would go out on a hunt, a deer stalk, and actually try and record some of the goings-on. It's actually not that easy. One thing about this format is it is theatre of the mind. If we're not saying anything or doing anything, it doesn't kind of really translate into anything. So what we've put together is what I think a really nice show, um, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it, but you need to bear in mind a couple of things. It's a little bit stop and start. Six hours of us walking around in the bush unedited isn't going to be fun, nor is that waiting game. The thing with radio is silence lasts forever. So it is a little bit stop-start, and I would like to do more of these shows in the future. Really, this is my first go at this. And as far as I'm aware, there hasn't been too many radio shows that have actually tried to record a radio show out on the hunt. So here it is, this week's show, an early roar. Let me know what you think. That's right, it's another episode of The Hunting Show and I'm your host Stephen Spargo and today's show is a little bit different because Mark Clinch and I, and Mark happens to be someone that I work with but we're and a friend as well, but we're going out on a hunt this morning and before we do that, because we're, we're on our way up, in fact we're walking along the road, or a road, in the Kaimanawas currently. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Uh, well I've been in Taupo a year and a half or so. Um, for, for, came down for work. I've been hunting for a few years. I think the old boy took me out when I was about three, so I didn't really know what I was doing then, obviously. But a wee while, so I got a few years under the belt. Um, love chasing seeker, reds, and a bit of waterfowl as well. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about the first hunt you can remember. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go back to when I shot my first deer. Actually, everyone remembers that one. Happened to be a. Um, fellow buck which which went record book which I was pretty happy with and I haven't really beat since so yes it was good. And there must be a bit more of a backstory to it than that unfortunately you can't get away with just telling us what you shot and and uh, and that come on what's it what happened? Well we and the old man and brother used to do a bit of hunting up Wood Hill Way you now croaking away quite nicely and come across a bit of a plateau in the pines and this one was croaking away in the gut the old man gave some some croaks and he was swearing and cursing at me because I was moving my hands which I've never done since obviously and this thing wandered on out so I put it in the engine room and the rest is history. <laughs> okay so we're not going to hear a whole lot more than that from Mark. So today we're going out we're going to try and get some early seeker roaring in. Um, I, I'm suspicious isn't it a little bit early yet or what do you reckon? Yeah no I think I think it is a little bit early but you know you can you get the, you hear through the guys been seeing them and you see the, the photos online and that on the social media. So the big head's been shot and you just you just got to get out there. And one thing that I'm not good at is roaring seeker. I can roar reds okay, but the old seeker roar just doesn't do it for me. Um, what can you tell me? What what's some tips or how could I learn to do it? Or is it just practice? Yeah, a lot of practice comes into it. I mean, as you go through a certain age in life and you, <laughs> you your voice drops and that sort of carry on, it makes it a little bit harder, but. Yeah, just, I mean, when the Japs are going, you can only need a mouth like a cat and you're away laughing. And um, so today we're, we're heading in, 
well from Clements Mill Road and we're not going to talk about too much about where from Clements Mill Road. Um, you reckon it's going to be hard yakka? It's a fairly warm day or I think it's going to turn into a fairly warm day. I mean yes and no, depends how uh, lucky we get <laughs> or how far you really feel like walking today. Yeah but it's six in the morning and I'm already hot. It's going to be a smoking day. <laughs> yeah no, I'm looking forward to winter that's for sure. Now Mark, uh, you're, you're obviously you're an experienced hunter and you work in a place where you're talking to hunters all the time. Can you give us maybe two or three tips for hunting seeker particularly? I mean patience is key. I've found over the years after d doing a single call or a hee-haw is, is to sit completely still for, for I mean I said at least 25 minutes, 30 minutes without moving a huge amount just listening and, and looking for movement because the Japs are so sneaky on the foot. Um, that's about it really, patience. One thing you talked about a little bit before I went on the drive out here was about finding uh, their level. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, so I've found over the years that, that, they're, that when you find where they're living, generally it sounds stupid but you'll find where they are, but getting the level where they are is, takes patience and a little bit of research and and obviously a lot of walks in the bush where you do not find their level and a lot of quiet days in the bush but you know I think we hopefully find some today. Now I've talked to a number of seeker hunters and one thing they say is don't get discouraged. You know we can go out a number of times, see nothing, hear nothing, see a whole lot of sign maybe or none, no sign at all. Um, it's, it's a sort of a, it's almost a potluck thing from time to time. You know you can go out and have three good hunts in a row and then the next day to uh, for want of a better word, pretty average, eh? Yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a little bit to admit that you had a terrible day or you're having a bit of dry spell, which I'm currently having at the moment. But <laughs> I mean, April's coming, so surely we've got to got to get back into it soon. But you, you can never not go out and if you have a bad day. I mean, you have a bad day, you'll you'll definitely make up for it by being in the bush, not in town. That's for sure. And you've actually made a really good point. Gosh, we're both puffing going up this hill, up this road. You made a really good point there that um, it is you're not going to shoot any deer when you're sitting at home in front of the PlayStation, eh? No, exactly. I mean, I'd rather be in the bush not shooting deer than sitting in town looking at the hills. <laughs> okay, Mark, well, we're going to head into the hills now. Uh, we're going to take a little, a couple of audio clips uh, as we go around, and then we'll have a bit of a debrief afterwards, eh? Sounds great. Let's go. So that was Mark letting off another roar. Hey, so far no sign of anything. I've just realised how hard it is to record a radio show and be incredibly quiet at the same time. It's about 8.30 in the morning. Mark and I have been, well, we've been on the road for a little while. We've walked in a couple of days. Mark let off the first stack roar that you would have heard just before. And so far... Maybe a bit early in the season. What do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, no, it's, we're, we're grasping at straws, but what have you got to lose? It's an interesting one, because no matter how early it is in the season, you kind of have that live and hope thing going on, don't you? I mean, yeah, you would, you'd never say no to roaring in the seeker stack early, especially before all your mates do. Yeah, and it'd make a bloody good story. Especially for all the guys at work, just to rub it in a little bit. Yeah, so something that you may not know is Mark is actually 
he works with me and so um, today we've both got the day off so it'd be really nice to be able to go back to work and actually rub it in that we, we got a stag and we brought it in this early on in the season uh, but again we might be just grasping at straws although uh, we've had the odd report that they are roaring around the place yeah some of the guys have been I'm not going to tell you where obviously but the old secret that you all call have been around and then the, I think the farm rates have started to go too but uh, yeah you can never say no to a hunt with the chaps alright so we're going to go we're going to go for a bit more of a walk and obviously we're not going to broadcast this entire hunt live um, because it would be very long and boring from radio so we're, we're going to obviously mix this together um, but as you can imagine um, it's going to be a, a fairly long day so I've just spotted some real fresh sign Mark just found some as well so what do you reckon Mark? you know we've, we've found the level they're living so I think we should um, get the wind right take our time and see if we can see them before they see us that's always the best plan anyway isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's a great idea Okay, so we're going to carry on and do that, um, and uh, we'll be back in touch, hopefully. Um, maybe, hope, hopefully, we've seen something, um, but hey, at the end of the day, it's hunting. So it's about 10 o'clock in the morning now, we've walked a little bit further. We've managed to spook one, we think, um, but Mark's decided he's going to do another roar and uh, see what comes of it, so we'll wait and have a listen, and he should be doing that in a sec. Well, here we are. It's about wow, about one o'clock now, and we've finished our hunt for the day. It definitely wasn't quite as good as it could have been, uh, but we did go for a decent walk, and we found some new territory. Mark, what do you reckon? You know, it's a great walk. We've seen some seen some nice bush and a bit of sign. Definitely worth a look later on in the month, even into going into April as well. When do you think they're really going to start to get roaring? I mean, if we've been hearing them recently in these. Normally the Japs are from the 16th onwards, we can really promise something good, but I mean, they could be early this year, but everyone says they're going to be early when they never are, but who knows. <laughs> and one thing that I was surprised at, we did manage to spook one we think, hey, we, we, it gave us a whistle? Yeah, wind swirled up at the top there in that basin and it, it let us know we, we were detected and walk away with our tail between our legs really. It was, a, it was a bit unfortunate, but the wind was all over the place, wasn't it? It was sort of one minute it was coming from one direction, and then you'd, you'd sort of check it again, and it was coming from completely the opposite direction. What do you normally do in that situation? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating up here. I find the way it sits and the our prominent wind is, is hard. It swirls a little bit. I mean, you just got to move on and hope like, hope like anything that the next gut over or the next spur over has, has got the wind in your face and you can get onto something early. One thing I did noticed when we were walking around was it wasn't just the amount of sign it was that where we saw sign it was it was just covered and you almost slipped over it was, it was some serious stuff in there um and it was all pretty new what's it for listeners out there that haven't hunted a lot before how can you tell the difference between sign that's been sitting on the ground for a whole long you know for a long time compared to maybe hours or even minutes i mean yeah it's 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 Reasonably obvious when you notice the difference is the new stuff is nice and shiny and quite if you I mean actually quite slippery if you grab it which is then you like what I do to see how fresh it is and the older stuff's fade and the really old stuff's just sinking away into the ground but when you see it's nice shiny and new on the ground leaves sticking to it you know it's really fresh and 
One thing that I've never managed to get my head around, obviously I can tell the difference between sign, uh, is when it's frosty. I've, I find it really hard to tell how old sign is on a, after it's been frosty, or even there's that, that frost that's been on the ground for a number of days, it all just looks new. Yeah, that, that gets a bit hard. If there's marks in the frost where it's where the frost is gone, you know it's definitely fresh <laughs> that morning, but no, when, when it's either wet or raining, you just can't take anything as fresh, but you know, frost is generally against you. And I have to admit that you're a bit fitter than me. I had to um, play catch-up a couple of times, but then you're also, what, about 12, 13 years my junior as well? Yeah, I think I've got a little bit of youth on you there, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we talked about in the car on the way here, and it's an issue that I think is going to be pretty prominent in the news in the next few days, is this whole 1080 in baby formula. And, and one thing that struck me about it is... First of all, I don't know who did it, and I don't think many people do, or who's made these threats, but that it isn't giving the cause a good name at all. If anything, it's probably causing uh, the anti-1080 lobbyists um, a little bit of grief because it gives them, it just makes them look like, well, terrorists in a way, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a terrible look. I mean, we're unsure who it is at this stage, but it will be interesting to find out what sort of person or people or group are behind this. Because for now, unfortunately, hunters are going to get the blame. Well, yeah, from what's happened in the past, it's probably it's not it is looking onto hunters, but I mean, you never know who it is until until they find out who it was. And I'd like your feedback on that. I'd like your thoughts on the 1080 and the baby formula. If you'd like to give me some feedback, all you need to do is email me. Remember that email address is info at thehuntingshow.co.nz or um, I'm going to ask the question on Facebook very soon and I'd like to hear what you have to say. Now, last week we talked very briefly about what you take in your kit and I did get a few emails and unfortunately we're standing in the middle of the Kaimanawa forest right now so I don't have them with me but Mark what's a couple of items that you take in your kit with you every time you go? I mean for one definitely some spare bombs you never know how much trouble you might get into um, I take a GPS which is always convenient a knife you definitely need one of those every now and again a warm layer and a waterproof layer and is there anything you take with you that you might consider to be sort of unconventional, something you've learnt that, that always helps you out? Yeah, sometimes I bring my jet boil, have a cup of tea, you can't go past a cup of tea on the hill. <laughs> yeah, and for me, obviously, I, I take paracord as well. I've always just found that really useful. Uh, it doesn't weigh a whole lot, and I've found all sorts of uses for it. Yeah, I've never really taken any paracord with me. I've never found the use for it, but then again, I haven't taken it, so I don't know if there is a use for it with me or not. <laughs> and that's that thing. That's why I'd like your thoughts on things that you take into the hills with you, whether that's in your day pack or in your overnight pack, and maybe some of them are a little bit unconventional, and some of them might be some really good ideas for myself and other listeners. And if you can send me those emails, I'd love to read them out on the show going forward. Now, last but not least, remember you can win that 12-month subscription to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. All you need to do is share, promote, be part of our page, particularly on Facebook, but also by email, not all of you, or actually a good chunk of you, don't follow us on Facebook. All you need to do is send me an email with your feedback and your thoughts, and it could be you winning that great um, 12-month subscription to NZO Outdoor Magazine or NZ Outdoor and Hunting Magazine. And unfortunately for the overseas listeners, and there's a big number of you, it's not open to you. It's New Zealanders only. But you can check it out online. Uh, just Google NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine and you can find out information about what they're up to. Guys, thank you very much for tuning into this probably a little bit unorthodox episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week. Good hunting.
podcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.